The idea of a reality, what is real, is a subject of considerable necessity to think about. We generally have been taught to believe and accept that everything that we could touch, that we could see, that we could handle in any way, in other words, could be responded to the senses, was real. Anything that was not capable of being sensed directly by the senses was considered unreal. And then, of course, there is agreements that people agree on certain ideas and they agree that that is a fact, that there are certain ideas are facts. And, of course, this is considered to be a reality. That actually is only agreement. And basically... All the sensing is only an agreement. In the idea of the schools, only that which is real is that which can bring about things. It is always considered to be invisible. In fact, the person is considered to be invisible. That one can see the outward tools which I, X, uses, and that is considered to be a tool and is not real because it is considered to be an event. It has a beginning and has an end. A human body has a beginning, originates as a small baby. The baby goes out of existence. A child is in existence and the child exists for a while and goes out of existence and there's an adolescent and a while the adolescent goes out of existence there's an adult and then the young adult goes out of existence, and there's a middle-aged person, and the middle-aged person goes out of existence, and an old man is around, or an old woman, and then they depart. So it is considered to be an event, a tree, originated from an acorn in the ground, the soil in the sunlight, and exists for a certain number of years, and ceases to exist. That is considered an event. So all the things that can be sensed are considered to be events. Now this is not to be accepted or agreed to or rejected. It is something to experiment with. And that that which is real is that which interprets the senses, that sees events, evaluates events, experiences events. So that which is real is that which experiences the events, recognizes the events. And in this way, one has a different sense of reality. Now, the whole idea of the school is that there will be a new man. A new man sees differently first. Seeing differently, he has a different attitude. Having a different attitude, he has a different behavior. And having all these, he has a different state of being. He has an entirely different concept or experiencing or inward sensing of I, that inner sense of comprehension that sees the relationship of situations and events and things. And all of these he begins to see differently. So a transformation has taken place. A new man has been born from the old man who saw things of the senses as real and all other things as unreal has been completely reversed. 
Consequently, there is a starting place. So let's start with beginning to see and experiment as an attempted way of seeing things. Now, we're not going to accept this. We're going to find out for ourselves. And if something comes into being and then goes out of being, that it was an event. We'll take a watch. It was a bunch of assorted pieces of metal from here, there, and other. Before that, it was ore. The ore ceased to event, uh, ceased to exist as ore to make the metal. So then it was an event for it to be ore. Then it was in ingot form, possibly. And then the ingot went out of existence, and when it began to be molded into specific parts, so the ingot was an event. And the various parts of the watch are put together, and only until they're assembled is it a watch. Then it begins the event of being a watch. Sometime or other it is disintegrated. It wears out, broken apart, falls of as accidents or what have you. It goes out of existence as a watch. And that event as watch is over. And now there is a new event, we'll say, as junk. And then that goes out of existence too, and then there is the complete cycle has been made. So as one begins to observe events, one has a different sense entirely about them. One has a different state of attitude about events. It is told then in a story that a certain great man, a king, we suppose, asked all of his counselors to make him a ring that had an insignia on it or an inscription on it that when he was too high, overly delighted with his ability and his powers and the comforts of everything, and he might begin to be vain and think he had done all this, he wanted the ring to remind him. And then any time he was sad or down in the dumps, he wanted it to remind him so he could be back to a more serene state. So his wise counselors tried all they could, and they finally found a man who said he could give that formula. So they wrote on the ring, engraved on the ring, this too will pass. Now as long as one sees that everything is an event, one doesn't have a false expectation that this will always be the case, and then when obviously it is not, because all events are very limited, even the longest ones, then he would be disappointed, feel hurt, and start on the vicious cycle. But by being aware that this too will pass, everything is an event, and that events only come to pass away, then one doesn't begin to be identified with the things of the sense. One knows that they're there, they're useful, they may be interesting, they may be uncomfortable. But whatever the situation, this too will pass away. And as one observes and sees reality as a series of events, one is liberated very decidedly. One is much more conscious of suggestions, because suggestion seems to suggest that everything is going to be permanent and that unless one makes very due great plans and sets up and one will be there in a permanent unpleasant state or that one will uh, lose some desirable state because something will happen, that evil is the always present. 
But the person who sees that all is events is not identified with these various events, and he is much less suggestible. Now, suggestion leads us to the ideas of which the ancients had was magic. Now, the person, there were two brands of magic. The persons who interested in magic went in two different directions. One wanted to rule other people, wanted to rule all things and to control events. He wasn't free to experience them, and he wanted to control. In other words, he was under the influence of mammon, that the whole purpose of living was to gain pleasure and escape pain on all level, and he wanted power in order to achieve this. Now, the greatest power to achieve this control over people, of course, is suggestion, how to use it. And a man with any kind of qualifications, either a man with controlled by black magic or by mammon, can learn all the arts of suggestion. It doesn't evolve him. It only puts him more in bondage, because that which he controls also controls him. But he doesn't believe that. So the greatest temptation that a person who begins to know about the human mind is to be a black magician and use it to control, because it is so easy. One feels one attains very quickly. So one begins to practice suggestion, whether that be auto-suggestion or suggestion to others. He intends to control by suggestion, knowing that he is dealing with an invisible force. I always reports to X what it feels to be true, and X always operates upon what X reports, what I reports as being true. So it is very easy to gain power over other people. And, of course, auto-suggestion, or as it's sometimes called today, positive thinking is an attempt to suggest from the conditioning to I, which is asleep in that case, to report to X that such and such is, is the case when one really feels it is not. <clears throat> and understand that not only does the awareness the suggestible aspect of man respond to exact words, but it also responds to certain sounds. You can make certain sounds on an organ, and very apt you will see several people have tears in their eyes. Why? Because the sound works by association. And the black magician is well aware of the association of the mind, and therefore is able to control it, by suggesting things that will about to remind one of the state which he wishes to induce in his subject. So the black magician controls self and others by increasing dependency. He has them to depend on something. So if a man is conditioned to accept that he has good luck when he has a rabbit foot or a certain coin, or that he has had certain events take place through the day, he is dependent upon this thing. He is dependent upon getting in a certain state. Maybe he is dependent upon having total quietness in order to get in the state he wants. So it increases the dependency, both of the operator and those which are operated upon. And it certainly increases superstition because as long as the man doesn't know what is happening and how it comes about, 
any sort of thing that has an association of power. In certain areas in the deep south, if a man should come out of his house in the morning and see two cross chicken feet, feet cut off of a frying chicken, and cross laid in his do on his doorstep, or somewhere on his walkway to the street, the man would be in an utter state of panic because he knows that a black magician is practicing grist-grist on him and that he feels that he has no chance because the black magician has marked him out. He is much like a member of the mafia that knows there's a contract on him. And there isn't anywhere to go that he can be safe. So he is in an utter state of panic, and as long as this continues, of course, superstition is increases. And it increases all manner of violence, both psychic violence and physical violence, because the desire to control puts someone else in bondage, and anyone in bondage begins to be violent. And the one trying to hold the person in bondage is violent. So there is an increase in violence. And it produces a sense of slavery and the slave master. And the slave master is as much in control as the slave is. He has to be there to maintain his control. He can't leave his subject, his slave, and the slave is caught. So we see very widespread indications of black magic. We ordinarily don't think of it as being such, but let's begin to observe forms of black magic. So this is will be our assignment for the next few days, is to observe how many courses are taught on how to control other people. You might call it salesmanship under certain things. Certain ideas is called leadership, but it is all based on the ability to suggest without the person knowing the suggestion is being made. Now, when there is the scientific practice of hypnosis for the idea of discovering how the whole thing works and to gain certain clues, it is called overt hypnosis. A subject is willing to provide half of the experiment and an operator is willing to provide the other half of the experiment and to see what happens. The other kind is when the person operated upon, the subject doesn't know he's being hypnotized, and in many cases, the operator doesn't. He has taught certain techniques to be used on all people he comes in contact with for the benefit of someone else. So he really doesn't even know that he is being a hypnist. And this is called covert. In other words, it's covered up and hidden. It is behind the scenes. It sounds like logic and reason. It sounds like many other things. So let's observe for as much as we can where we see one person controlling another many times without the controller knowing that he is doing the controlling. He calls it being a successful salesman or having leadership ability or many other things. He may call it instilling loyalty. He may call it motivating people. There's all sorts of beautiful names for it, but it still comes out to control. One person controlling another. And it is a great temptation to do it. And just so that you could be tempted if you want. 
will give you the most appropriate way in the world to do it. You see, you use the basic picture of man. You know that everyone wants pleasure and escape pain on all levels. And you know easy's methods to do it, both A and B. So you complain for a person instead of complaining for self. You stick up for their rights. You tell them how different they are. That's appealing to decision number five. And you tell them who's to blame for the reason they're in the state they are. And you will find that person will do anything you want. Now we point this out not to be used, but to be aware when it's being used on you. In other words, be aware of covert hypnosis. Somebody complains for you, tells you how you've been mistreated, how you're unfortunate, how you are discriminated against because of your sex or your color or your religion or what have you. Tells you that, and they're doing much complaining for you, and then they stick up for your rights so that you could have exactly your way when you want it, and you will be admired and respected. And they will tell you how different you are, that the only reason you are being victimized, as they're saying, is because of some certain really wonderful attribute about you. And they will show you who the evil ones are doing it. If you will be aware of this, you will be aware of many incoming suggestions. We trust and pray that no one will use it to control another, but that one will use it to avoid being controlled by those who knowingly or unknowingly would control one. And all the control of the black magician is achieved by suggestion. And it's very easy to be a black magician, as we've just pointed out. And may we remark, that the black magician always dies from his own magic. He is dead within, and he dies without from his own magic. He has no desire to know self, to be aware. He is interested in control, the four dual basic urges. And for this reason, in various ancient books on black magic, it says that the magician sold his soul to the devil, in other words, Mammon is the devil, and a man has to sell out and serve him 100%, and then he is a black magician if he knows the techniques. He can sell out and not be a magician, too. That possibly is even more pathetic, isn't it? Now, the other people who understand the human being and recognize conditioning and knows how suggestion works, <coughs> and they are interested in liberating self first, and then others from under this control of suggestion and from the control of associations and all the other forms under which control or hypnosis comes upon them are called white magicians. They are interested in liberation. They want to liberate first self and then they will liberate others. In other words, they've got to get the block out of their own eyes so they can help get specks out of other people's eyes. You see, the black magician still has a block in his eye, and he's going to help people by suggesting them into feeling good without removing the source of their stress. They, of course, come up with much worse conditions before very long. And the white magician liberates people from dependency 
because he gets them to see the self, to see what they are really struggling for, to question the four dual basic urges as being the purpose of living, and to question the methods that's been achieved to been used to achieve the four dual basic urges. It begins to be a liberation from dependency and from suggestion and from balance of all forms and from slavery of being controlled by suggestion both psychically and physically and from all manner of conditioning. And most above all, he is interested in liberating the person from being controlled by suggestion. Now, we'll never be beyond the point of being subject to suggestion, but we can be liberated from control of suggestion when we begin to see it. When one recognizes the method of the black magician to complain for one, to stick up for one's rights, to tell one how differently one is and how important and about who's to blame one recognizes the black magician. You see, Adolf Hitler some years ago was a master black magician. He complained for the German people. He stuck up for their rights. He told them they were very different from all other people, that they were the pure errands, whatever that may have meant. And then he told them that the Jewish people and the other countries around about them, the Jews within Germany and the other people around about were the cause of all their trouble. And he made them into a race of madmen. Not because they were vicious, they were kind, gentle people, but they were caught by suggestion. They were caught by the trick of the black magician. Complain for them, stick up for their rights, tell them how different they are, and tell them who's to blame. And, of course, one will have total power over that individual, as Adolf Hitler had power over millions of individuals in Germany. <coughs> now, under the black magicians, they are called shamans under certain language, and they're power seekers, and they put people into bondage through suggestions supposed to liberate them and give them great rewards in the future. And all the shaman's control is gained by suggestion. The white magician is usually called a teacher or an advanced student. And his whole business is to eliminate stress from the individual by making, helping the person, giving them certain ideas to work with and that they can discover for themselves the state they're in and the way out of it. He only carries the tools of the trade. And this is why sometimes they were called builders, and while sometimes they were called shepherds, and sometimes they were called fishers, because they carried the tools of the trade. They were the lamp, not the light. They were the lamp that supplied the light. But the light is one's own personal investigation. So let's also see if we can observe some examples of white magic. Now we have looked and see that we're going to see many examples of black magic. But we look and see where there is teaching that puts a person in contact with the inner self, that that self may be understood and thereby rendered inoperative by X, and that I and X then runs the household. 
and that only certain ideas or tools can be given to one, but one must use them for oneself. One cannot have it done for one. There isn't any other way, but the tools can be supplied. <clears throat> and the whole work of the teacher or the advanced student is to give material that if the student uses, they will be awake, they will be aware, they will be different people if they use it, and they're no longer under control of the black magician. It is sometimes considered to be very difficult and very dangerous to be a white magician. However, he has life everlasting. But the way is not the way of ease and comfort. It is the way of work and an ever, ever, ever increasing challenge and responsibility. So we will ask you to make two lines on your notebook sheet. One, you will observe examples of black magic, black magicians. On the other, you will put instances of white magic. Now, we're not talking about what you could read in a book. We're talking about what you may see in your everyday life. Don't be too surprised if the side of the column under the white magician is practically, if not entirely, blank at the end of the week. But look, and look very carefully, you may find and you may find someone that is liberating another by giving them certain tools to work with, not by doing the work for them. In other words, the white magician is usually misunderstood. He doesn't give a lot of help. In fact, sometimes he's considered to be heartless and cold because he is not sentimental, because sentimentality is feeling sorry for a person and it's putting them deeper in bondage. You know, sentimentality has a wonderful name. And if you will observe many gatherings of funds for great organization, there's one or so every month that's gathering funds for a disease of all things, you know, they're going to fight it. We're going to get catch it, run it in a corner, and we're going to build munitions and run it off. And most of that is based on sentimentality, if you will observe. You will not find the white magician being sentimental. But do observe if you can find some example of a white magician. You certainly won't have to look too hard to find many black magicians. And the black magician's ideas of putting men under control. Look carefully, because this looking may be one of the more valuable things you ever do. Because to be able to recognize the black magician is to prevent him from having power over you.